I'm Emily, a chatty 22-year-old inspiring you to love yourself, shed your light onto others, and live in a never-ending world of joy. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Now let's get to work. Hello, everyone, and happy Halloween. That's so cute that the actual 31st is today. I feel like so many of my episodes never fall on the actual holidays, yet I'm always acknowledging them. I love holidays. So this is fun. We get to celebrate together. Happy Halloween. Um, I do not have any candy in my house at the moment, but the next time I go shopping, I'm totally picking up some Reese's or sour gummies because those are probably my favorite, and everyone deserves to feed their inner child, right? Of course you do. Um, But before I start anything, I just want to say thank you all so much. You guys killed it with the amount of plays that we got in last week's episode with Chloe Turcha. It is now the second top most listened to episode next to my debut, which is not a huge surprise because of how awesome Chloe is. But I'm just like, wow, I'm so touched that so many of you guys joined me and cared to listen to my voice as well as Chloe's. Um, And I'm sure that if she heard that you guys were the number two, she was her guest episode was a number two um, most played on my podcast, I'm sure she would also be blown away. So thank you guys. That was super awesome to watch the episode climb this week. Um, so yeah. And if you're new here and you found me through Chloe, welcome open arms to you guys and you all big hugs. Anyways, I hope you all had a relaxing weekend, whether you celebrated many days in a row for Hollow weekend or are just continuing, or maybe you're continuing tonight or whether you stayed in all weekend too, whatever you chose to do, I hope it was enjoyable and you got to let loose and relax a little bit. Um, This is kind of going to segue us perfectly into today's topic. I opened up Instagram on Thursday night and like, boom, there's my first Halloween weekend selfie staring right back at me Um, because a lot of my friends are still in college. I'm only like six months out of, out of, out of, out of, oh my gosh, out of college. And I thought, oop, let's do this weekend's episode on FOMO because I know when I was in college, Halloween weekend was always a time where I felt like I needed to be doing something every single waking second of the weekend and, you know, have all the costumes and see all the people and do everything and see, you know, have all those fun stories or whatever. And it didn't always make me feel that great if I started comparing myself um, to what other people were doing or what I thought other people were feeling, if they were having fun, if I was or if I wasn't. So I thought this would be the perfect time to have a discussion about FOMO and digress it a bit. And most importantly, let you guys know that you're not alone if you've ever felt this way because, oh my gosh, there's an acronym for it for a reason. Um, also, fear of missing out. That's what FOMO stands for. I'm pretty sure you guys grasped that by now. Um, if you have, if you, especially if you've clicked on the video, but just wanted to say it to make sure all were on board. So personally, I feel like I'm an expert on this topic because I used to get FOMO very frequently all throughout my high school and pretty much all throughout college because one, how could you not? I mean, it's so easy to in today's world with social media, which I will definitely get to in a bit. That needs to be acknowledged for sure. And especially as someone who used to struggle with the idea of being alone and you know how much, how little confidence I had in myself and how little security I had within myself. It was all I would think about, how I was missing out of what someone else had and how in turn that made me less than compared to someone else or what they were doing. And I truly internalized that and it led to a lot of codependent people-pleasing behaviors, which I have talked about um, I struggle with those in the past on the podcast before. But if you're new here, um, I dealt with that for pretty much all throughout high school and halfway through college. So you could see it really kind of took a toll on me or really just played out like into all aspects of my life and FOMO was a big part of it. So to channel that energy, that need to have that void filled instead of turning inwards towards the problem and facing it at the root, um, I looked externally in my past and I tried to find 
a ton of validation in boys and having boyfriends because I was never okay being by myself. And if I couldn't always have the friend plans and at least I, you know, could always have the boyfriend because, hey, a label stays, right? <laughs> a label's a label. At least I was always, in quotes, wanted, in quotes, because, you know, if we didn't, until we broke up, that label stayed. So even if I wasn't actually, even if that thing, if that boyfriend, if that label wasn't actually doing me any good, to me, it was like, it let other people know who didn't even care that I was doing good because even if I didn't have plans or if I didn't, you know, if I wasn't always in the know-all, like with all my, with my friend group, if I sometimes got excluded, if I felt like left out or whatever, if I had that label, then I always had some form of validation. Like, oh yeah, you know, my friends are at a party, like they're wanted there tonight, sure, but doesn't matter that I wasn't invited because I'm wanted all the time by this guy that I call my boyfriend. And, you know, because there's that label. I mean, I could kind of see where I was trying to go with the idea, but it was an awful theory and it never did me any good. Um, well, correction, it did do me some good because all that led me here today and I truly believe that, but would I do it again going forward or advise my future daughter to do that? Absolutely not. Um, more of the story, I needed someone else to like me because I didn't like me. So having that label, having someone else like me in quotes, it validated for myself that I was a good, worthy person because I didn't know how I could validate that for myself without any boy, without any party invitation, etc. However, the reason why turning to external validation is such a slippery slope to climb is because then you just start accepting validation from whatever it is just to get it and it like becomes a craving more so something that you actually want. It just like you just crave it because it's what you're used to, you're comfortable with that, whatever. Even if it's not necessarily the best thing for you. And you know, maybe you can't relate this to boys and having boyfriends and needing, you know, falling into that cycle. But maybe you have an unhealthy coping mechanisms around diet and exercise, or maybe it's about using substances or turning to drugs or alcohol, or maybe it's academic validation. Um, anything can turn unhealthy if you're turning for validation anywhere besides internally and for yourself. So for me, when I turned to those guys, eventually it just really invalidated me even more than if I were to just originally sat with the FOMO and learned to like myself and love myself because those boys, most of them, never loved me anyway, or that they never loved me the way I deserved or even liked me <laughs> in the way I deserved for that matter. So it just ended up making the problem worse. And that is why now we always go to the root cause first. <laughs> so since becoming more comfortable with myself, I really get FOMO now. And it definitely was not an overnight fix. Obviously, you heard that with anything, but just to be transparent with my timeline, I'd honestly say from the time I really started working on myself and getting comfortable with myself and learning more about myself and loving myself. By the From the time I really started doing all that to the time where I actually felt like I could sit home, do my own thing and not care what someone else was doing, it was about a full year later. Actually, I'll rephrase. About a full year until I was comfortable being alone and loved myself enough to be alone, finally not looking for validation, but another seven months until I seriously started like never ever getting FOMO. So in total about a year and a half. So let's round up and say two years. And like this past Thursday when I sat and I opened Instagram and I saw that first Halloween post, it was a very cute costume by the way. She's a Hershey kiss and I hope she had a lot of fun. <laughs> um, it was so comforting to realize I finally made it past that stage of my life where I would get FOMO literally every single weekend or 
over at ever the slightest things concerning myself with what other people were doing like especially on a big weekend where this is like this there's this whole like you know um what's the word there's this whole like aura around you know making like it like a big deal or whatever so especially on a big weekend like this one where towards that tail end of the one and a half two years that's when it would happen just on those bigger weekends where those you know social media is going crazy and it seems like everyone and their mother and their goldfish is involved so to see that growth within myself it really felt empowering to know I had taken control of that part of my life and that I was truly at a place where I not only loved myself and was able to be alone, but where it sometimes now is a desirable thing to just be with myself and enjoy my own company and not get FOMO that I would always get, you know, in doubting myself in that aspect or whatever. So it might take a while for you to get there, but chip away at it every day. Keep working on providing that security for yourself and it will come with time. I'm going to teach you a little bit on how to do that. <laughs> so, however, I didn't just go to that level of comfort with myself by sitting in my FOMO, I became comfortable by becoming a doer. So I'm going to share a little story to follow up, follow that up and kind of explain it. And it's going to seem like it's a complete side note, but you'll see the point when I'm done sharing and I'll come back to it um, because it's about becoming a doer and learning to help yourself. So Thursday, the day that I saw um, the Hershey Kiss costume, I was also a little bit before that I was in class and I was having a really hard time focusing, like very low energy. And then I started to feel like I had a little tickle in my throat and I'm like, Hmm, that's weird. Am I getting sick? Whatever. So I go home. My throat's like not red or swollen. I'm not showing signs of like a viral infection or a cold or whatever. Um, and I didn't have a fever. Um, so I'm like, all right. Like it was really cold. It was really cold in there. Like maybe it just triggered a runny nose. Like my allergies could be coming back. It, the weather's been acting like been fluctuating really like, like crazy. You know, it's absolutely just like a post nasal drip and maybe it's, that's why it's making me feel this way. I don't know if you guys can hear it in my voice, but that's why I'm a little stuffy. Anyways, um, so I was, I took all that information and my initial thought was like, okay, I need to text my mom and let her know what's going on just to like tell her. But obviously I'm not feeling well, so it would just end up coming out as like a complaint or like, oh, what do I do? Or, ugh, like this is, why does it have to happen to me? Like that's how it would probably come off because that's how I was feeling on the inside, you know? So... I thought instead of it having come out that way in the form of a complaint and instead of just telling my mom, I thought, hmm, what do I know to do? What does my mom tell me every single time that I feel this way and can I apply anything I've learned from the past or can I apply anything that I know from nursing school that I've learned recently? Like I basically said to myself, how can I help? So instead of, you know, texting my mom and running to her and like probably complaining and not taking her advice anyways, <laughs> sorry mom. I took Azizel, which is like my allergy medication, swear by it, works better for me than Allegra, Claritin, all that stuff. Um, I took an ibuprofen because, you know, I was feeling a little achy. I got a hot tea, a big glass of water. I took a nice little bath. Um, and I also, I had an emergency because my mom always says, start taking emergencies three times a day. Um, and then the next morning I woke up, I used my little nose spray. I had another emergency. And then later that night, I took another nice detox bath and I made sure to get to bed at a reasonable hour to make sure that I would be able to get up and function the next day because this was a busy week for me. So it was part of the reason why I was stressed. Um, so yeah, so, you know, and it felt good to help myself. And like, I didn't need to go to my mom and just tell her, you know, and my mom's my mom. She knows that I, she, she ended up knowing that I wasn't feeling that great anyways. But had I just reacted and just sat in that blah feeling, it totally would have just come out as like a complaint. But instead, 
I took the tools that I knew, took the tools that I had, and I decided to help myself first. And I tried that first and I ended up feeling really self-sufficient and secure. And it ended up boosting my confidence because I was able to take out those tools and use them in the right way to help myself. Okay, so now this relates to FOMO because I recognize that if I were to have texted my mom just to let her know and just sit in my misery, oh, poor me, I don't feel good, I probably would have felt worse. Um, One, because I would have been talking about it and bringing more attention to it. Just, you know, it's just sitting at the forefront of my brain that I'm having a conversation about it. My phone dings and it's about that, whatever. And two, because I probably then, like I said, wouldn't have done anything that my mom suggested. Or I would have done it eventually, but not right away. So yes, you know, it's good to express to others or ask for help if you need to, but that's for the things you're really struggling with or you don't know how to do yet or you need just a little extra support. Um, But in the story I just explained and likely in anyone else's story who gets FOMO really easily, even though, you know, I wasn't talking about FOMO, I was talking about like drinking emergency, whatever, um, you know how to help yourself. You're just afraid to admit it. And you have to use the tools in your toolbox and become a doer. Like reach out, make the plans, like be proactive. And I know I hated hearing that in high school, but then as I got to college and actually applied it, it like was so much, so much, not easier, but once I started doing it, I realized, oh, this is actually necessary. Like I have to show an interest in my relationships. Otherwise they're not going to show an interest in me and vice versa. Like it has to be mutual. Or, you know, if that is not an option for you at all, set a little date night for yourself and Do something for you that's going to make you feel good. And the good news is you're already listening to this podcast. So you're likely already realizing that you want to make some changes in your life instead of just sitting and waiting around for everyone to come to you first or instead of just letting yourself complain and sit in your FOMO with your tail tucked between your legs. So this is the first step. You guys already took it. FOMO only exists if you let it. And when you become a doer, it distracts you from the thought that it just fades and subsides eventually and it goes away. Now, I want to take a little detour post episode uh, in the middle of the episode, and we just talked about being a doer and whatever and how to help yourself, but now I just want to go the other direction and talk about um, social media and how it contributes to our FOMO. Duh. Um, just a little Snapchat rant, if you will. I hate Snapchat. <laughs> there actually, okay, hate's a strong word. They're actually, you know what? There are very few things that I hate. I honestly, I can't really say I hate anything, but If I had to make a hate list, Snapchat would be on it. (laughs) So I used to be an avid Snapchatter. Like I overused my private story. Like it was peak comedy. I thought it was hilarious. Like I got so much validation because then everyone was like, you know, sliding up, like telling me how funny I am or like I just post all this chaotic stuff or whatever. So first red flag, external validation, big no-no. We just talked about that. And then somewhere along the lines, I think it was about like maybe early January, maybe January, maybe the beginning of this year. Um, I kind of like just woke up one day and was like, wow, I hate this. So I decided first I started setting a timer, like a 15 minute timer on snap every day. Didn't really do anything. Then I deleted everyone from my, my Snapchat that like I had no ties to anymore. So like so-and-so that I met on a cruise eight years ago, I haven't talked to them since then. Like, you know what I mean? That type of stuff. But I decided that wasn't working for me. So then I went to the extreme and I removed everyone from it. So I could just see my, mem- like even my my best friends, my roommates, like whatever. Um, the only person I didn't remove was my sister. Cause like, I, I like spying on her, <laughs> not spying, but like, I don't know, she's cute, you know? And my, like all my siblings, whatever. Um, whatever, I removed everyone so I could just see my memories. But then when I opened the app, I 
wouldn't see my friend. So I could just view it, see my memories that popped up to the day. I couldn't see anyone's private stories. I couldn't see anyone's life, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then, you know, my little Snapchat boycott lasted about eight months and my FOMO like dissipated. Like it was gone. I hardly got it anymore. And then right as this semester was starting, so a couple months ago now, I was like, hey, I think I want to try this out again. Like I miss seeing my friends and what they're up to because now like we're out of college. So we all live in like different lives and like live in different areas, whatever. So I was like, let me add everyone back and just kind of make a little comeback. So I added just like my friends back, like the people that were on my private story, essentially like 50 people or whatever. I just added them like now, like sometimes I'll just use my main stories, like my private or whatever. Um, but as soon as I brought it back, I was like immediately reminded of why I hated it, even with only having like my close, my closest or my closer friends on there. For me, it just never, I never really open the app and find genuine joy there. Like no one's posting to share the happiest moments of their life with people. Um, it's either just like nonsense, complaining, or they're just posting for status to show off who they're with or what they're doing or where they are. Um, and I'm guilty of it too. And even the people that do share the happiest moments of their life, it's like too clogged up with everything else to even notice it. And by consuming so much of that type of media, it just took up so much room in my brain. And I think for me at least, that's why a lot of my FOMO like resided within the Snapchat app. Um, because all those people and their stories, half of which was people I, like I said, haven't talked to in like seven years, like it was just all sitting there available and I could just tap, tap, tap through as much as I wanted, get as much FOMO as I wanted and leave the app, come back, do it all again, you know? And I just think because of the informality of the app, people tend to post on there more than any other. And like when I used to use Snapchat, like now I'm more conscious of it because I realized it and I, you know, I'm used to like not using it. So I'm not really on the app anymore that much, but with my private story, like I'm sure you guys can relate to some degree, like I, especially like as someone like me who like wears her heart on her sleeve and like shares her life with the world as I'm literally sharing all my life stories with you on this podcast. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, you know, there's no editing. It's just like you just snap the pic, add a comment and hit add to story. And it's like the quickest form of social media, just like the most inauthentic, authentic app out there because it's like you can make whatever it is you're doing look so desirable, but it's just a picture that can be up there for as little as one second. So even if what you're doing isn't all that amazing at all, you can make it seem that way. I don't know if you guys agree, but like it's just, and then it's just like I tell, I would tell myself like, oh, this person's having so much more fun than me because the place that they're at looks cool. Meanwhile, they could be there having the worst night of their entire life. You get it? I don't know. I just think Snapchat is like the Petri dish of FOMO and it is the fakest form of social media out there and just curates the fakest relationships. And I could go on about this topic forever, but I couldn't do this episode without talking about like social media, especially Snapchat, because I think we totally abuse it in our society. Like I said, guilty of it myself, no shame. Um, and it's contributing to that FOMO that we get more so than any other social media app, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, also if you're listening to this and you agree with me and you've been thinking about this and considering getting off Snapchat for some time, I highly recommend it. I think initially I was scared because like how much of a like social app it is, like you can talk to people so easily, like less so than Instagram or like TikTok or whatever people use. I'm not on Twitter, so I don't know, but it like the boycott like don't be afraid of like losing connections like the people that you truly have relationship with like you're still gonna talk to them you're still gonna text each other 
you're still gonna face time. You know what I mean? There's other options out there. Um, and like once you just like cut ties, like rip the bandit off, like you'll realize it. And I came back to it, yes, but I made um it made me so much more conscious of how I use it. And I'm really thankful that I took that break for myself and you won't regret it either if you do that for you. Um, okay, so kind of talking kind of taking that stage oh my gosh kind of taking that social media perspective and using it in the sense of like feeling left out or feeling unincluded is what I'm going to talk about next because I feel like we talked a lot this episode about feeling left out maybe when it was kind of your choice like you decided you didn't want to do something but then you convinced yourself that like you're missing out on something um you know but now I now like we're gonna talk about like what we're supposed to think when we go on those social platforms and see our so-called friends out and about supposedly enjoying themselves when you know they never thought to even ask you or invite you or include you and maybe it was spiteful or pitiful or on purpose or maybe it just seemed like an overthought but either way you don't feel good about it you don't feel included it hurts you feel small you feel sad because you thought those people were your friends and you would never do that to them And true friends are supposed to look out for you and include you all the time, not just when it's convenient for them to do so. So what do you do when you feel like that? I know we've all been there at some point and you're totally not alone. Um, And just before I say anything else, there are people out there that care about you and want to have a relationship with you and want to get to know you. So this this doesn't have to be a dead end. I dealt with this feeling a lot in high school and let me just say right now that any person that ever made me feel that way that or that I ever felt that way with whoever was the driving force in formulating those plans and making those plans and picking who to invite and who not to invite even if it wasn't done intentionally um you know just I was just coincidentally excluded from those plans every time by those certain people I am no longer friends with those people and not because it's like not because of like falling outs or arguments or anything malicious um not anything like that, but just slowly but surely those people reveal their true colors to the entire group and it kind of just, you know, they weeded themselves out, if you will. And it's not to say that things could never be different if we were to to reconnect, but you will find for yourself that if anyone makes you feel excluded, makes you feel not seen, makes you feel less than, makes you feel like an oversight, and if you constantly have to force your way into their plans, those people, they are not your people there are better relationships coming your way. And one thing I've learned over the years about true, genuine, organic love, whether it's friendship or romantically, is that it shouldn't be work. It should feel light and enjoyable and mutual. And yeah, maybe you have to work to coordinate plans, especially like as you get older, like now I'm in post-grad and I have like, I have to actually like put things on the calendar, you know, my room and I were just talking about this the other day instead of just like assuming all my friends are free all the time or whatever. Um, and that's not what I'm saying. And, you know, like you're going to have to put work in as far as like making it feel mutual, but it shouldn't feel like you have to try. It shouldn't feel like a force. You know, your friends and your partners are going to want to be around you because they seriously just want to be around you. Your presence makes them feel good end of story and vice versa and even if your people think the plan won't end up won't like even if even if those people like think that the plan that they're making um won't be up your alley anyway they will still look to include you always because they want to know that you they they want you to know that you were cared for and thought of um and really quickly one time i had a girl i was friends with a few years back say to me hey like don't you get into fights with your friends sometimes? And I said, no, straight to her face. And I said, I think that's toxic. I don't think that's healthy. Like, why would you make room for arguments and hatred in a place where you're trying to be nurturing and uplifting and supportive and loving? So I will say it again. If you are trying to fit in with a group 
and it's not seamless or easy or totally welcoming or you always seem like they need to one-up you and you don't feel included all the time, those are not your people. You will find better people. I also just want to state the fact that everyone is too concerned with their own FOMO and their own feelings and their own lives and their own plans to be concerned whether you're out and about or not specifically on social media like no one's looking for your story no one's looking to see like what you're doing or whatever especially on those nights where the event or the weekend or whatever it is is like bigger or more of a huge deal like Halloween weekend um like literally no one is thinking about what you are doing everyone is just concerned with themselves and whether or not they are having fun just like you're concerned with yourself and if you're having fun or if you're not having fun and it's not like a jealous unhealthy thing i think it's just like a way that we roll as human beings you know we just try to fulfill our needs give ourselves the best experience possible and look out for ourselves and obviously there are times when you know you're like looking out for your friends like and like you know they're looking out for you too and you do a little check in when you're out like you know you good do you need to leave do you need anything can i get you anything that sort of thing but if you're at home thinking omg so and so is going to be thinking that i'm so lame for not going out tonight or not doing anything tonight or everyone's going to think that there's something wrong with me because i wasn't invited there's going to be drama no none of that if they weren't thinking of you when they made the plans they're not going to be or you know if they weren't thinking to like ask someone if like you can also be invited like they're not going to be thinking of you when they're out at the plan anyway especially when they're out. So, you know, plus usually on those bigger, more hyped up weekends when there seems to be more to miss out on, that's when things usually tend to go to shit because there's more pressure on those events to be fun and they end up not being fun anyway half the time. And I feel like I could always relate this to high school Halloween as an example for that matter because something always ended up like going wrong like whether someone hated the group costume or if there was drama or people weren't invited or where were people going and was the group going together yada 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 I could literally go on for ages but you guys can compare it to whatever point in your life that you want to so let's just say you weren't included just for whatever reason or you just you know decided to sit out on the plans um and now you have FOMO wouldn't you rather instead of just sitting and sulking in that feeling do something for yourself to make yourself feel good and you would have just as much fun sitting and enjoying that quality time with yourself as you would have if you did decide to go out or if you were included because also if you think about it the times where we're really having so much fun the nights and plans that you remember forever those memories that have filled like with belly aching laughter with your best friends like those weren't from times where you forced yourself to be a part of those plans you forced your way into that group those memories likely came from the days where you genuinely felt included and you found a family in your friendships or you wanted to be a part of what was going on like seriously not just because someone told you to you know you can't force a square peg into a round hole you get it and i think it's so common and even encouraged in our world today to force ourselves into places that don't really suit us best even when we know that they don't suit us best like even when it doesn't feel good we just do things anyway and we're encouraged to do things anyway just because it'll look good like on social media or to other groups of people to boys whatever it is whatever you're trying to appeal to but overall if you're just doing what serves you even if whatever it is is deviant from the norm there is never going to be anything that you truly miss out on and I have sometimes regretted doing things that I didn't want to do, but I have never once regretted something that I wanted to, or I've never once regretted doing something that I wanted to. Um, even if that is different from what I do now, I'm at the time I made the decision and I was trying my best and it served a purpose for me at the time, you know?
So don't feel bad for sticking to your truth and protecting your energy. You can say no to things that people say yes to, and you can say yes to things that people say no to. And then when you deviate, when you do deviate from that norm by choice, or if you get left out not by choice, take that as an opportunity to create something more for yourself in that moment rather than just dwelling in that feeling and convincing yourself that everyone around you is having more fun when you don't even know that as a truth. So that is the episode, you guys. I really hope it was perfectly timed and reached all those who needed it. I know I definitely could have used that episode like back in high school. Um, Whether I would have been open to actually hearing this, (laughs) hearing about this topic or, you know, that's another story. I used to be kind of stubborn in my own opinion. Um, So yeah, I hope it was helpful to you. I feel like when I record these episodes, I'm really just speaking to a past version of myself and it's so comforting and like kind of healing for me. So yeah, I love you guys. Even though I don't know you, like, I've just felt this overwhelming sense of love lately for you guys. Like it's, it's incredible. Um, so yeah, it's weird, but this podcast just brings me so much joy. So be sure to pass the episode or podcast along to anyone who you think could benefit from hearing it. I'm really going to try next week to get some new intros and outros for you guys. I feel like we need a facelift. Um, but in the meantime, if you would like to take the, blah, 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 if you would like to take the time to rate and review this podcast as well as follow or subscribe, depending on what platform you're listening on, I would so appreciate it. I can't wait to see you guys next week. And until then, I wish you all the joy in the world. XOXO. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to my podcast. I really hoped you learned something today. If anything resonated with you, be sure to share this podcast with anyone else you feel needs to hear it. If you have questions or suggestions, feel free to email me at theuncensoredself at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out my Instagram for more motivation and inspiration daily. I love the community we have on there. You can find it at theuncensoredself. Your listenership is everything to me. Can't wait to chat again next Sunday. XOXO, Emily.